You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Welcome back to Darling Shine. I love how you always say the little intro. Yeah, why do I do that? Because we all just sit here like staring at each other going, who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? And then I'm like, fuck, we just go. (laughs) Yeah, you're all over it. you, little one? I'm good. I'm good. We've just been moving, I guess, and packing up and getting ready to go. Pretty excited. I wait to be able to come over to this new pad. One I'm day all better in like now. 2037 when we're allowed to travel again. I know, I know. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay. I had a bit of a shit day yesterday. but um, How many know. weeks pregnant are you? Because Britt and I were just discussing this. Oh, I'll, I think I'll be 29 weeks on Friday. Ooh. I mean, I don't like to tell everyone where exactly where I'm at so that people aren't like going on the day, have you had it yet? Have you had it yet? And I'll be like, get like beat it like stop asking me just well, you, just, you just but told yeah, everyone just told everyone but no when this surprise comes out, they won't know when we've recorded so like we could have recorded yes. this like three months ago you just never know so surprise <laughs> surprise 29 <laughs> weeks um but no oh yes I had a really funny chat to your mum the other day she's just in lockdown she must be bored as because she's been listening to the um podcast <laughs> No, that you don't need to be bored to listen to the podcast. Far out. No, 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 no. But she's like, all the girls, she's... all her friends have been listening to the podcast, so they must be bored as in lockdown down there. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, ah, don't listen. <laughs> don't you reckon it's just a bit surreal when everyone's listening? Like, I'm like, oh, they're all listening. I don't know. To I don't really thought. think about it. Really, I find it. You're used to being like, you know, like if I'm knowing about your stuff, and I'm, I just. Yeah, I'm a bit like, oh, your friends are listening. That freaks me out. I'm like, oh, what do they all think? And Alison's like, oh, they all love it. Well, one of them thinks that you guys swear too much, you know, and I was oh. like, oh, yeah, no shit. Like we need to really curb it. But Alison's the best. She gives the best feedback. She's like, don't be stupid. It's the best fucking word ever. That's how you express yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, Alakay. Just gave me so much more confidence to just keep being me. Oh. Yeah, mum loves it. She gets she just got an electric bike the other day and she's just frothing on that. She puts her little headphones in and puts a podcast on and rides around the lake. Loves oh, it. She's the best. She just like gives me life. <laughs> she's dying to get back up to the Gold Coast. I know. <laughs> Poor Sydney siders and the Melbourneites feeling for you guys. And what about the little tag team? We've just had um Gold Coast was in lockdown for like a week. And then as soon as we get out, Byron goes in straight away for like a week. For one case. Yeah, for one <laughs> case. Anyway. Anyway, let's not talk about anyway, I don't know anything about that stuff, so let's not get into it. Um, oh, well, we have a bit to offer on the old Darling Shine podcast, don't we? We're quite um, diverse with our topics. So last week we educated everyone on how to plan a wedding. <laughs> and this week we're educating everyone on how to plan a funeral. Isn't that stunning? Oh my goodness! I actually you guys can't should believe be it. Thankful. <laughs> we offer a lot here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, this is. I mean, look. Maybe we don't structure our podcasts in the best order, like going straight from a wedding one to a like a you know like a tragic one. 
But you know what? That's our lives. And I, my, my, during my every day, I'll go from like being up here woo, to like plummeting to the low lows. So you guys can all just come on. And so does Chloe with what she's going through. So you guys are just coming on this journey with us. And um, yeah, I, we've got a I bit couldn't on. care less about the structure. It probably yeah. seems worse to the people I think, but I think last week when we realised that we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, so next week is the the day that Chumpy left and we're like, holy shit, we definitely didn't think about that order. Yeah, um, it's a bit hectic. But here we are. But here we are. Life's fucked up and we are just still walking. We're here for it. Yes, we're here for it. So we, I, th- I think truly it's – and I want to normalise talking about, you know, grief and trauma and – um. I mean, funnily enough, I don't know how I'll go in a few years, but I can, like, talk about the day that Chumpy left as though it's, like, not even my story. But the second a friend will start to tell me, like, what happened on there and they'll be like, yeah, I got this call and -and so-and-so told me about Chump, I'll be like, oh, my God, stop. Like, I can't listen. I I just can't. But Mm. for me, I actually, like, was fully (laughs) present in there that day and I'm just, like, talking as though I've watched a movie unravel and, it's like not my life. So I don't know if that's just um, trauma, being a legend and like just like shutting <laughs> my brain being down. a legend. <laughs> I don't know though. Like, I mean, yeah, sometimes I can just, you know, recite the day as like I'm so, I'm sometimes so detached from it. It's just the most bizarre thing because you'd think a lot of people wouldn't be able to talk about it. Um, but no, I, I think maybe it's therapeutic. It's probably really good to talk about and I really want to normalise that. So encouraging anyone else who's, been through really fucked up shit to like go and see people if you don't feel comfortable telling your friends stuff but you need to talk about those things those events that occurred um it's not not cool to just be going and to I bed think at night. that I I like I know it's completely different and I'm not trying to compare at all but even through my experience and through the miscarriage and through IVF and all that sort of stuff I found that talking I mean, a lot of people, like obviously no one speaks about miscarriage, well, not very often. Um, But for me, I felt like I just needed to literally come out and talk about it. And um, I don't know, I just don't, I don't understand. It it helped me so much by speaking to other people about it. And like, that's exactly what you've just said now. Yeah, no, all we literally have is each other. And I guess it's so important to talk. It's, we're not born like with, equipped with tools to be able to deal with such fucked up trauma um, and just life throwing these things at us. I mean, I think that like never in a million years anyone our age or, you know, would ever um, see their life panning out and and have a loved one pass away and have to expect to be able to plan a funeral. It's, it's just not something that no. you would ever think that would happen to you. Yeah, exactly. And it so- obviously did and you've, 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 come out the other end of the funeral stuff but like yeah. far out I I you're yes. like an, the most strongest woman I I know like I'm every day in awe of what you do like honestly I think about it so often even when I'm laying in bed I'm just like having a bad day and then I'm like pull your shit together like mm. and and I think you know I'm just like it's just everyone's it, got their shit you're but, strong far out I wish I was as strong as you I mean I think I sometimes think I'm getting better and, like, you know, the pain's getting less and then I'll just be hit with something. Yeah, but I don't nowhere. think it's ever 
No, it's never, it's surely, like I don't think it'll ever go, but that's why I will just keep vocalising, keep talking, keep Chumpy, Chumpy's spirit alive. Like I never want him to be the elephant in the room that people don't feel comfortable talking about. Um, my friend from the dog park, Chump, and I used to run into her a little bit. I saw her the other day and she was asking me about that day and I was just retelling her completely about the day. Um, and she was like, how are you just telling, like, you know, what the fuck? She was just like her jaw was on the floor. And I was like, yeah, I know it's absolutely crazy. I mean, maybe in a few years I won't be able to say this story. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I, there's lots of widows I talk to that have been through tra- trauma, like in a visual sense, like the everything they had to physically deal with, whereas – yeah, I mean, we're going to get into the day. Um, but, yeah, well, it's just like some something so unfathomable. Like I guess the weeks leading up, Chloe, like you just moved up here. We were all hanging out heaps. Um, we were just – it was like July. So, I don't know, we had a really, we had a really fun few months. I think um, Paul had just come home as well because he had been overseas working. Yeah, so we'd had a few dinners. Or we, we all had dinners. <laughs> Finally together the night before at, at our house. I think we had fish tacos, which were delicious. Um, we, yeah, oh, you just never know what's around the corner. Like we'd had some, oh, this is so strange actually. We'd been out on the jet ski heaps and out on Ellie and Westy's boat, uh, who are our friends, sorry, um, a few times recently. So we'd like really been getting out on the water. Chump was spearfishing all the time. He was just loving it. Um, and funnily enough, on the Saturday beforehand, our good friend Westy and Chump went out near off Kingscliff. I don't know what the island's called, but they they both went out there spearfishing. They saw a shark, and um, Chump like went down with his spear gun, obviously like not to um, like trying not to freak the shark out, but just like apparently you kind of hold the sword kind of near it, and it kind of you know just turns away and goes away. Like there's like. I don't, oh, I don't yeah, like Chump, Chump's, Chump, to Chump's, like his least fear was sharks. He was, he was aware of shallow water blackouts. Um, so yeah, that day, he, Westy and Chump had seen a shark, and they were like, "Oh, it was so cool! Like we saw this shark, so we were like admiring it." But then we kind of deterred it to go away from us, so that you know we could keep diving without having to think about it, kind of thing. And it was really weird, Lauren. Um, Lizzo, one of my other best friends, and Ellie, we were down in Kingscliff as well and we got, we'd went to that, what's that place called with the sunflowers? The farm? No, it's not called that. Farm and Co. Yeah, Farm and Co. Sorry, we went there and we had breakfast and then we went to the beach and we were like looking. I don't know if you know this, Chloe, this is actually fucked up. We were looking out to the island that the boys were at and um, we were like, oh, where are they? We saw this jet ski. We were like, trying to call them because they do have their phones out on the jet ski and we hadn't heard from them for a few hours. This is literally the Saturday before the Wednesday that Chump had his accident. And um, we were like literally joking. We were like, oh, um, like we couldn't get a hold of them. So we're like, imagine if there was a shark, like imagine if something happened to them both. And we were like proper just we were. this is what we were saying and I cannot believe it. We were saying, imagine if they just don't come back, Elle. So what we'll do is we'll rent out your house you'll move into mine and we'll just both be these weird fucking widows together. And, um, yeah, we'll just have our dogs and, like, you know, we were honestly having a laugh because we were just kidding. We were like, oh, they, they haven't answered. Oh, my God, what's happened to them kind of thing. 
like for a millisecond thinking worst case scenario and then having a joke about what we would do, but of course not thinking that anything's happened. So that happened on the Saturday. Um, on the Sunday we went out on the boats again. Um, oh, we just had we've just had we just had the funnest times. Like that whole year before was just we were just like adventuring, you know, just absolutely loving life. Um, and luckily the week before, so a few days before that even, Chump's parents had come up here to I think they were selling their boat up here and randomly were in town, which is very rare. So they were like, oh, we're going to be in town tomorrow. Let's, we'll stay a few nights. And we we're like, epic. So they were up and um, Chumpy's dad recalls actually having this chat with Chump in the garage. Um, and he was like, you know, you're spearfishing heaps. Like, are you scared of sharks kind of thing? And Chump's like, nah, dad, sharks are, sharks are minor. It's shallow water blackouts that you have to be careful of because like, you know, you can just hold your breath for so long. You don't know you need air and you just kind of black out down there. And like, it's very common for experienced divers, um, you just, I guess you're so confident you really don't think you need any air, so you're not coming up. And that's like a full-on chat Chump had had to his dad. Um, so for that to have happened like a week, exa- pretty much exactly a week later, absolutely well. just, yeah. So I guess another thing that happened the day before, which was weird, and you'd probably remember this, Chloe, because you and Fish came over that afternoon um, for dinner. Just before you came over, Laura and Max from next door came over and they were like, hey, where were you guys today? Because Rummy was sitting on the balcony howling for like hours and and we were like, no, she wasn't. She doesn't. We've never heard her howl. Don't like this weird. And they were like, no, we literally looked over the fence. It was Rummy and she's sitting on your back deck howling. And it's just not so weird. And they were like, we've never heard her house. So we didn't think it was rummy, but we figured out it was her. And um, so anyway, of course, Chump and I were just like, oh, that's kind of cute or weird. We don't know what that means. Um, (laughs) But yeah, whatever, rummy was howling. We learnt later that, I learnt later, like literally weeks later, that dogs will howl when death is near or when some. Oh my goodness. I watched a movie last night and I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Hutchie and it's about a dog and the dog sensed this owner. I'm going to just ruin the movie for everyone. But so the, the, the oh. owner would go to work every single day at this train station. The dog would follow and he would, he would wait for him. And the day he, this man died is a true fucking story. The day this man died, the dog was like barking, barking, barking. It was like, don't go, like, don't go in, don't go in, don't go in. And then the man ended up having a heart attack at work that day. And for nine years, this dog went to that fucking train station and <laughs> sat out the front. Oh, Dude, I was all in my. I was literally all in my eyes out last with Paul. I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe this. I could not stop crying. The dog ended up dying there, but like he fucking knew that this man was about to pass Oi. away. Oh, it was gnarly. Literally, what Rummy did. Actually, I don't swear. watch it. Don't watch I it. Actually, I've it's seen so it sad. You just reminded me, and I was like, I think I fucking oh, seen that movie. I was hysterically crying I was like wow that dog man it knew um a hundred percent that's what Rummy was doing and I I hear that and I hear that dogs do that with like cancer patients or something if you're really sick they can sense that your life's about to end and they start howling and like already grieving you and literally Chump was obviously the healthiest human in the world never did anyone ever suspect he was about to walk his last day on earth Mm -hmm. and 
I don't know, Chump and Rummy were so connected. I just I just don't know if that was a coincidence because I'm telling you, hand on heart, she's never howled before. We've never heard her howl. Our neighbours have never heard her. Like that's except for oh, when you yeah. except for when you sit in sit in front of her and make her except for when be we a go, circus dog. Oh, and we make except. her literally howl <laughs> for fun. I don't do that anymore because I think it must be so traumatic for her. Um because I, yeah. No, she doesn't she's howl a, on She's a own. circus dog sometimes. She's a little puppet. But um, no, so that was, that's, that's what I found out weeks later and I was like, you are fucking kidding, that is wild. Um, but anyways, the night before I went up to bed earlier, Chump, Chump was getting into this like routine where he'd lie out on the couch downstairs with Rummy like a bit longer and then come up like 10 minutes after me or something and I'd just be like all nestled into bed and he'd bring me up a hot water bottle because it was winter and I'd be like, I'd be like in bed and I'd be like texting him going, egg, where's my hot water bottle? I'm cold, hurry up. And he'd be like, fucking pipe down. I'm having a moment with Rummy, shut up. And then they'd both like waddle up like 10 minutes later. I'd get my hot water bottle. They'd both get in and we'd like cuddle and it was just the best. So that happened the night before and I literally have those text messages of me being like, oi, <laughs> bring my hot water bottle. So, um, yeah, we slept in that next morning. My friend who I would usually train with in the morning cancelled, thank God. So I was just, oh, I'm not getting up either. Um, we would usually get up at like 5.30 to train. And um, that's actually just, a, this feels like another lifetime ago now because I haven't done a squat since then. <laughs> um, some people go through grief and like, fully get fit I did the opposite I just party the day keeps the doctor away yeah wow no I definitely didn't get into the little fitness I mean I walked every day but did not get fit fit um which is fine so slept in with champ it was such a beautiful day we were like oh do we go out for breakfast or oh, I might go for a big walk with Rummy like, you know, we were just talking about what we were going to do. It was pro- we probably slept until like eight or something, which is not really usually like us. Looked out the window and you can see Chumpy's Reef from our bedroom window. And it was just like really glassy out there. It was like honestly like this picturesque day. And Chump's like, oh, maybe I'll surf or actually maybe I'll dive. Like, and I was just like, yeah, rip in, like just do whatever, like, you know, just get out there. Cause it was honestly just stunning. And he had meetings that afternoon and we were like, okay, like let's just smash it for the next two hours. I'll walk, you go dive or surf or whatever, and then we'll regroup. We'll have like we'll have lunch together or something, and then we'll, we'll work. I had some appointments that afternoon. He had some meetings with um, Turn and Burn, his company. And then, um, yeah, literally we both left the house at the same time that day. Rami and I were going for a big walk like around the back valley near my house. Like there's some dog parks out the back there. I was just going to take her out there, and we usually go for like an hour and a half to two hours. And Chump left at the same time. And I remember when he was leaving, um, he was like driving out the garage and I was like in the garage and I was like pointing to the the button where you close the garage and I was like kind of miming to him through because he was obviously in the car. And I was like, should I shut it? Like do you want me to click the button or are you going to click it? Like I don't know why we're even having this weird chat. Like, one of us should have done it. didn't have to be said. And he literally got back out of the car and he was like, came up to me and gave me a hug. He's like, what are you talking about? Like laughing at me because I was like acting like a monkey, like with all these instructions, like <laughs> these hand gestures. And I was like, oh, just like, what? What are you doing? Like, it's all right. I'll shut it. Like, go. And so we had like another last hug, which I don't know, just like weird things That's that I'm so remembering, cute. you know? So, and he got back in the car. One of us shut the fucking garage. Don't think that part matters. 
And then, um, yeah, we both set off on our journeys. Um, I walked Rummy and on the way back from walking, like I was probably about 20 minutes from home and I felt the sharpest pain in my chest. I'm not joking. It was like a stabbing pain in my chest. This was, yeah, the weirdest thing I'd ever felt. Um, Rami stopped dead in her tracks as well and we're both just having this weird moment and I was like, oh, what's this shit feeling? And I thought I had anxiety and it was something I'd never felt before. But I thought maybe I've got anxiety because we've got a big week ahead. I had friends coming up from Sydney to stay. I was thinking about like all the things I wanted to do, like cook and clean the house and get, you know, stuff ready. And I was just like, oh, maybe I'm just feeling a bit too overwhelmed and like things to do, too much on the to-do list or something. So I just like literally remember shrugging and going, oh, like stretching my shoulders going, this, this is a weird feeling, like fuck off feeling. I don't like you. And then we kept walking like any other normal day, kept walking. We got home, yeah, so about 20 minutes later we got home. My mum had just come over. I'd planned for her to come over to help me clean the house. I'd, I'd given her a job, clean the bathrooms upstairs and I'll do like all the vacuuming and the mopping. So she came over like Trump was still out diving and um, he, yes, so mum, I was cutting randomly. We'd gotten this new rug and I was chopping the tassels off the rug because they're like quite long on the end, you know, that shaggy rug. And I was like, oh, I just want to neaten this up. So I start cutting the tassels and mum's upstairs cleaning. And my neighbour, Belinda, next door comes over and she's like, hey, Elle, um, I'm on the Facebook page for the reef because they also dive as well. So she was on the Facebook community page um, and it said, hey, at Chumpies, at um, Palm Beach Reef, a young 30-something-year-old man's been pulled in from the water unconscious. And she came over and told me that and initially I think my I think I just like felt a bit like oh and then straight away just like got rid of that and I was like thanks Belinda but it's not going to be chumpy like it would be anyone but chumpy but thank you and I was like oh that poor that poor person in my head but I was a hundred percent thinking it won't be chump like don't be silly but anyway thanks for delivering the information to me anyway she left and I just went back to cutting the tassels off the rug and then about five minutes later, something just hit me in the head and I was just like, fuck, I need to go down there. I just don't have a good feeling about this. And so I screamed out, mum was upstairs and I was like, mum. And she just comes running downstairs, hopped in the car. She didn't hear any of this conversation, but she just was on, I don't know, she's been a cop before and I don't know, but she was on this weird autopilot mode. She was like, she knew something serious was happening. And I was like, we need to go to the reef right now. She didn't even know where it was exactly, like what street to go down. But we, she just went there and I was just thinking in my head, I just have this really horrible feeling. Um, but also like, also in my head, I was just like, it definitely wouldn't be him. And if it is, it's probably something really minor that's happened. Oh, and I was literally, this is where my head's at. I'm like, oh. Probably have to cancel some appointments that we've got. You would have also been thinking as well, like, you know, you're like, oh, it's fine. Chumpy's out there. He would have rescued this person. Like he's so, you know what I mean? You would have think that he was the one that was saved the person, you know? Yeah. I was, I was not thinking anything bad. Like that's, that's definitely not what I was saying, but I did have this bad feeling. And, um, yeah, so we rock up to Chumpy's reef, which we now call it. Mum just parks flat out in the middle of the street. And there's like 
ambulance, police, cameras, so like media, every, like the commotion was massive. So I guess when you pull up, my mum just was like she fucking started sprinting down to the beach because she knew as soon as she saw all the commotion that something really bad had happened because, I mean, I don't think you have like media there and stuff if it's, you know, not not bad. So I didn't really know this but mum was sprinting off and I was like, oh, what, what the fuck? So I, I think I'm like maybe subconsciously aware that something really fucked up's just happened. So I'm walking really slowly towards the scene. They're saying to mum, you're not allowed to go on the beach, you're not allowed to go on the beach. And she's like, excuse me, I'm an ex-police officer, I'm going on the beach. And she just like runs past them and she runs down to, I don't know, there was like stuff going on down at the beach and ambulance and maybe a stretcher thing. And um, I'm up on the, you know, like before you go down onto the beach and there's a policeman there and I say, hi, um, my partner's out there diving. I just thought I'd pop down and see what's going on, not really wanting an answer. Like I was just like... I'm just here as a spectator. Hope this has nothing to do with me. And then he was like, oh, okay, so um, did your partner have any tattoos on his chest? And I was just like, oh, whew. Um, And, like, I think, I don't know, part of me just, like, it just was the weirdest feeling. And I said, um, yeah, like, really, really softly, unwillingly, like, regretfully, not, like, I just didn't want to answer that question. But lots of people have tattoos on their chest. So I was like, yes, it won't be him. So I was like, yeah, he has an axe on his ribs, like a large axe on his ribs. And the, just the look that the police officer gave me and then straight away turned into his car, like kind of, I guess, didn't want to face me, didn't know what the fuck to say. Um, he was probably busy. Maybe I interrupted That's him. really heavy, though, that they didn't, he didn't offer any some sort of like, he couldn't like, tell me. Comfort, like he couldn't comfort you. Like obviously you're there by yourself. Like was there anyone around that no, I, like there was knew who you were or no. like w- what happened next? So, yeah, that happened and I'm standing there. The police officer is there but he's like he's busy doing some turned into his car to do something and I'm there going, oh, fuck, like it's obviously Trump, it's obviously Trump. So, yeah, I was just kind of standing there very just – not like just kind of not thinking much, but just knowing something something serious happened has happened. Um, and Mum comes running back up the beach and just kind of looks like right next to me, and was just like her eye. Like I mean, we didn't have to say anything, but I think I think she was kind of nodding or just like her eyes were really scary, and she was like, "Yes, yes." Like I think without kind of saying anything, we just knew she was trying to say it's chump. Something bad's kind of happened. Um, and it's the weirdest thing. I, I think I thought, like I had so many different frames of mind going on. I think part of me was thinking he's, it is chump, but he's probably just got his arm bitten off by a shark or, you know, we're just going to go to the hospital and we'll have a day there or something and he'll be fine and he'll come home. He's just a bit injured or something, you know, like thinking, thinking not death, yeah. But also wondering why my mum looked so crazy, like in her eye. I could just read her eyes and what wondering what the commotion was about, but also kind of not really thinking much at all. But I didn't want to know the answer, so I was not asking anyone. I wasn't really like the police officer when he wouldn't answer me. I wasn't like, hey, talk to me. What's happened? I, I kind of was really scared to know and I kind of just stayed kind of mute. But in my head I'm thinking, well, fuck, this is like, Part of me was so realistic that I was like, 
fuck, this is inconvenient. Like, what's he? What's did the did the police or like or the ambulance or the people that you were down the beach with? Did they? Um, did anyone direct you and your mum? Like, were they like, okay, you guys need to do this or you need to do this, or everyone was just like there, but no one was helping? Yeah. So, so like the headspace that I was in, I was like. Part of me was like, fuck, this is so inconvenient. Like, we had shit to do today. Like, Chump's got meetings. I've got appointments. Like, we're going to have to cancel some things. Like, where I was at was in this weird realistic situation as though he'd just, you know, something small had happened and, yeah, it's the most bizarre thing. Anyway, and then we're standing there, I think, and I think some other police people come up to us and direct us over to that. Then my mum and I get kind of escorted from that beach entrance part around to the surf club, which is like just kind of two houses down. And we're upstairs in this surf club area and I'm sitting there with a few police kind of people around me asking questions, you know, like how was he, what was he, what what was he like, how are you guys, like, you know, just like trying to get background info on us and um. Yeah, I mean, I guess the questioning was really starting, like not questioning, like obviously there was nothing suspicious that had happened. But um, I was just, and I honestly, I, I think I was talking to them for two hours or something and not one point did I want to say to them, why the fuck am I here? What has happened? Like I still did not know. Obviously subconsciously I think I knew, but I did not know, no. So no one actually told you, like, he has had a shallow water. But I guess no one knew at that point. No one probably knew. If someone said to me, hey, he's dead, he died, Um, he's passed out under the water essentially and he's, like, there's no other. I would have known what had happened. I would have gone, oh, he's had one of those fucking blackouts or something down there that spear fishermen have. But, um, yeah, no, no one told me what had happened and I think I was too scared to ask. Anyway, um. So we're just chatting about like our lives. My mum's in the area. My brothers rocked up. A few people had rocked up, and everyone's just like hugging and a bit like rattled and confused and like it was just the weirdest thing. There was an ambulance right down there, and I think Chump was there, but I, I like he was kind of downstairs and I was upstairs in this thing. And yeah, they. I remember someone saying like you you know you have to call his parents now and his family. Is, this is about to be on the news. And I honestly was like, what? Like I, I truly was having such an out-of-body experience. I, I can't even explain the fucking feeling. I felt, I felt, honestly felt nothing. There was no emotions, nothing. But So you made the call just, to his parents. Yeah, yeah. I called Sal and Chris. Sal and Chris and M. Chump's sister were actually on the phone together at at that time. Like they were on the phone. So I called Sal and Chris. They didn't answer. Then I called M. She didn't answer because they're both on the phone together. And then they call me back and I'm like, um, hey, like trying to like they're like, what's up? And Chris and Sal said to me they thought they knew something was wrong because they could hear my voice but they thought Rummy had died or something like that. And, yeah, they thought something had, had happened to Rummy and I couldn't, I just, I was like, it, it's chump. I don't know, something's happened. But I did not know what had happened and I didn't, 
want to be the one that said, I don't know, it, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't really say it because I hadn't been told either. So I didn't really know what I was meant to tell them. Um, so what so did anyway, you say? I think I was like, I think he's, I think he's died. I think he's gone. Something's happened today on the reef. Um, I don't know. The, the, the I feel more traumatized thinking about them having to pick up that phone call than I do about my actual story of the day and actually being there at the scene. Like I feel like that's, I, I feel like I can't mm-hmm. even bear to think about them answering that phone call because I'm so detached from my own reality of being at the scene that day um, and what was happening. But I remember the police officer, I remember kind of the police officer being right next to me and I think I handed the phone to her and she must have told them and yeah I think I think there was just no words I think yeah I I pretty much yeah I think they just pretty much got on the next plane and came straight up um we ended up leaving the scene that day I think I think I'd texted you and Lizzo and said guys Chumpy just passed away or something because it was about to be on the news and I talked to you guys like all day, every day. So I think I, I think I texted you guys and then my brother took my phone off me and was calling like all Chump's mm. family, mates, you know, everyone around because we had friends literally coming up that day as well as well from Sydney. So we had to be like, hey, um, don't come up. Um, yeah, I mean, I when I got that message from you, I was actually at a um, – I live – our house in Australia is um, like on the street pretty much like three streets back from where it happened and so like we can see the ocean, we can see Chumpy's Reef also from our balcony and I, just before we went, went, Paul and I went to lunch with some of our friends, I heard the ambulances and all that going up my street um, and but obviously you don't think anything of it, you just think that like something's just happened and so I had this this really nice lunch with our friends and it was like it was crazy because like Paul like we had just said had just got home that week so we we were like having this beautiful lunch and sitting there my phone was in my handbag with like um where the baby was in the pram and I remember just sitting there just going oh how good's this like everyone's around like everyone's here like you know life's good I literally dead set was thinking that at this lunch Next minute I pick up, as we were leaving, I picked up my phone out of my bag and I had had this text message from Elodie saying, um, what'd you say? Chloe Chump died diving this morning. And I literally wrote back saying like, ha, 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 you're fucking mm-hmm. joking. Yeah, and literally. then I showed it to Paul and then I like kind of looked at it again and I was like, hang on a second, this is really weird. Like surely what? And I called straight away. And Dave answered and he said, oh, yeah, no, I'm at the, actually, was he at the morgue or he was at the hospital or something like that by that point? And I'm like, no, 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 this is not, you're joking. And he's like, no, I'm serious, Chloe. And I'm like, no, I just kept on saying to Dave, like, you're joking, you're joking. And he's like, no, I'm serious, I'm serious. Like, take me seriously right now. Anyway, I um, I pretty much just got straight back in, straight in the car, obviously, and went straight to your house to find you and I mean that from that moment on like it just was oh makes me really sad actually just like telling that story because like it's just like I remember getting home that night 
after being with you and I just sat on the floor in my shower, like screaming at the top of my lungs and crying and just like going, what does this even fucking mean? Like, you know, we've, we've never really had someone like really, really like friendship or like young someone our age pass away. So like that moment, that, 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 that just the repercussions of this, we were both just like going like, what the fuck? What, what what now? What do we do now? It's the most fucked up thing. Well, what I did do was I went back home while everyone was over at my house, fucking commotion. And I was, (laughs) <laughs> I proceeded to cut the fucking tassels off my rug, didn't I? Did <laughs> you feel? I'm so fucking weird. I had to finish the job. I was in yes. so much shock. And then I remember people would just come over and just like kind of stare at me and be like, like I felt like a little zoo animal and I was like. Because there's nothing to know. say. Yeah, like nothing that we were going to say to you or nothing like our arrival or we couldn't bring anything. It wasn't – there was nothing that we could physically have done. It was just literally about being there and sitting and crying and cuddling and just no Mm. words. There was no words needed. No, I'm not joking. I had no emotions. I felt nothing. I felt so fucking numb, like so numb. I honestly couldn't feel – I know. I knew something really fucked up had happened. I knew everyone was around around me that everyone else was way more fucked up than I was and I just felt nothing and I did not I'm telling you I did not feel anything for weeks maybe even months I really like it was like autopilot it was so weird yeah like full-on autopilot I was an honestly a robot and there was I was like so many times like laughing and you know I just had no idea what was going on I really didn't I'm pretty sure that night you proceeded to make start making margaritas for everyone I had so many people over at my house and I was like oh this is normal we always have people over let's (laughs) fucking have margaritas like you know I'm a host this is what I do and then we kept on like recalibrating and realizing that like oh hang on a second this is what we're not here for this we're we're, it was just the weirdest most bizarre yeah. experience ever. Like literally the unthinkable happens and you think that you'd just die as well. I think I essentially just kind of shut down but my body was still moving and there was just like knock, knock, no one was fucking home upstairs. Like I was empty um, and just like just a full-on robot. Um, And, of course, like family, everyone came into town and it was just like a big – it like from then on for weeks, maybe months was just like nonstop people and everything. And I still just, I don't think I had a moment at all, at all. To, and and the, this is good because I'm, I'm very much a people person um, to like sit there and think, hey, what's just happened? And even if I did have that moment, nothing, nothing was happening in my brain. Like it was fried. I, I just, yeah, couldn't process anything. Um, and I remember straight away I'd, I'd, I was booking in appointments and trying to see everyone and get all the help I could because I'd be like, oh, this is you know, one of those really fucked up things that's ha- that happens to some people. Like it's rare and it's shit and you ne- I need help. Like I, I knew that something really bad mm-hmm. was, had happened and then 
the repercussions from here were going to be massive on my life. So I was like, I just need to book in all this shit and just fix myself. And that's what, that's what, that's what happens. Like I need to fix myself. So although I was feeling nothing, I was going to like all these appointments, psychologists and things and, you know, feeling so detached from my story, trying to tell it, um, kind of really emotionless still and thinking like I'm on the forefront of my grief, whatever this grief word is that I hadn't felt anything yet. But I was just like, that's what you do. Like I need to fix myself. I was just so scared of of where I was at because I wasn't feeling anything and I was so scared that it was just going to hit me like a ton of bricks and I'd just like die or I don't know. So but in the days straight after talking about planning a funeral, I obviously did nothing. I had you and the girls and Kyle who was just incredible um, come and stay and everyone just kind of put together this amazing, beautiful ceremony of Chump's life. Um, which and in, do you in, remember? In between, ca- in, between, in between all that and that, we also retrieved his sperm. We, that we, was crazy. That was amazing too. Yeah, like the amount of things that just happen immediately after that are just thrown at you and you're just having to deal with, you know, like the big words like deceased or coroner's report or, and you're just like, what, who, like who, who died? What, what? I don't get it. Like mm. it's so fucking surreal. Um, and we also got Elodie this really beautiful um, necklace that I, we organized oh. this from this company and I, I, they gave us like an impression kit. And while before um, they cremated Chumpy, the, the lady um, went and put his fingerprint in in the impression, so we're able to get it on a necklace for Elle. Yeah. It's really cute. Simon at Ribs and Dust in Corumban Valley. I actually just went out there the other day and organised Chump um, to get Chump's dad one for his birthday. I just sent it down to Eden and he's got the same Chump's fingerprint but on a ring. Did I tell oh, you? Oh, yeah, it's so, so nice because nice. you guys have forever got that that fingerprint yeah. now. Yeah, it's in, it's in the safe in the valley. And um, he's got like a bunch of Chump's fingers, so I'm going to – get around to giving everyone in the family one um, for like their birthdays and stuff. But, yeah, so do you remember we kept the funeral was approaching and we, you know, were like going down to this venue looking at the funeral place and it was like in this kind of big beautiful grass field and I honestly kept calling it a wedding, like, oh, the wedding out here, the ceremony, mm. it'll be amazing. Who, You know, Chris Enova's going to be the MC. It wasn't like yeah. – it was yeah. like not – I honestly kept calling it a wedding. Like I was so unaware of, of the ceremony that we were about to – what it was. It mm. just was not computing at all. I'm so, I'm so glad that we were able to do it out there on that field though because it's like everything that like really nice. I've never been to a, such a beautiful funeral. Like I, it, mm. it was so perfect for him. Yeah, I know. Like the most – the last thing you'll ever – ever, ever, ever think you'll organise as a 28-year-old widow or just a 28-year-old girl just normally happily pretty much married, living her absolute dream, the last thing you'll ever think you'll be organising is like your soulmate's funeral. Um, Thank God for everyone around me is all I can say. If something like this happens to your life, just get a good crew around you and do not be afraid to say, I need help, I need you. I remember I called Kyle and i was like i don't know what the fuck is going on but i need help i want i want i want this to be really good 
but I don't know. I don't know. I, like I can't even organize a fucking tent in a fucking park. You guys need to help me with this. And Kyle, and Kyle straight Kyle's, up. Kyle is from Red Bull. Kyle works at Red Bull and he's worked with Chump Heaps and he's just like a machine. He just gets shit done. And he was really great at pulling all content together um, for the funeral and making it like such a beautiful production and him and I became best friends that week. Yeah, you and Kyle. <laughs> we spent a lot of time together. Such little nerds. Chloe's really good when shit hits the fan. She just, remember we called you Steve Jobs because you just like <laughs> head down, bum up, got shit done. Oh, I do feel like though it does catch up. Like I really enjoy it at the, like not enjoy it, but like I like thrive when I'm in those like Under high pressure. pressure cook. Yeah, those yeah. situations. Like I just am like a full on like list person like I just get into autopilot and I just go but it definitely takes its toll for sure like I feel like once everything like when all the girls went home and like when Mm. everything all settled down I felt like you come down from it and it's it's like it's hectic I remember just thinking wow this is just all a bit too much I can't wait for everyone to fuck off and chump just come back home and this just be normal again like I I really did just think this was like just this big mammoth month or few months and that life's just going to go back to normal because how how is this possible? And I've and I'm not I I'm my head's very much screwed on but it does I don't think this I don't think this is going to happen but it feels like this will happen. I feel often like Chump will just walk in my front door and just be like, "Oh, I caught fish for dinner." You know, are you hungry? <laughs> like it, it feels like it still just does not feel real and it it just feels like he'll come home. Most fucking wild thing. I just can't even believe this is my life, what I'm even saying. Mm. And I think so many people tell tell you things straight away like, you know, time, it'll take time, it'll, time, time really doesn't, it's like time's not proven to me to heal. It's, it's actually gotten harder for me. I'm like really good at managing it and finding ways and strategies through it. Like I definitely know how to just get through my days, but definitely. Time yeah. Like, has- was there anything that like that morning of the funeral, like when you woke up, was there like anything that you can remember or that you can recall going through your mind? Like how the fuck am I going to get through this day? Or you just knew that you would. I remember that day, Sal and Chris, obviously Chump's family, Chump's parents and sister M were up. And I think the morning of the funeral, they were a mess. And we, we every morning go down to the beach with Rummy. That's like a thing. That's that's definitely my therapy. That's what's gotten me through. That's what I do every single morning. Um, so we would do that. And I remember just walking on the beach thinking, so weird. This is the day we're having a funeral for Chumpy. Like what? Mm. Like what? So bizarre. But I was not, still wasn't feeling anything. Chump's family was sad, crying, very emotional and I'd be hugging them going, you know, I don't like that That would make me emotional because I'd see other people crying. But truly in my own self, I could not feel a thing. I couldn't feel a thing. And do you know how scared I am of public speaking? Like I can't even, I, mm. at school doing a presentation, I would like I just nap. I'd be that person. Oh, I'm sick today. I can't do it. Like <laughs> that just, yeah, no, 
the thought, like obviously I did a like a big eulogy thing and even that, like I'd love to go back and read what I said. I'm pretty sure it was like, you know, lots of it wasn't like a normal eulogy. Pretty sure I was like telling funny stories, Dude. laughing, swearing. Do you um, remember? Do you remember like on the day that do you remember seeing? I know we spoke about signs and stuff in the last episode, uh, two episodes ago, but did you remember like anything in particular on the day that was like, I know that he's here with me? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you didn't know about the rummy part until after, um, but like, was there like, you know, how it's like, like birds or remember, rainbows or. I just remember scents. in the early days, and now if I was to channel it, I mean, just all the time, but I just remember my room and my bed and me and Rummy, I just always feel him right there. And I think that's why I was so delusional and confused and felt nothing because I felt like he was right there. There was just orbs everywhere. Um, God, there was just always signs. I think there were so many massive signs on the day of the funeral that I think we spoke about in that episode. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, not one ounce of, like, nerve you know, I didn't feel any nerves jumping up and saying this eulogy and normal me would be like, there's no way I'm doing that. Um, You're a superwoman. But, yeah, I, I mean, I I wore all white that day. I mean, we all wore colourful stuff, didn't we? Um, and then we had we had the wake at Corumban Vikings, which was really beautiful, and there was just an extra special sunset there. Our friends played... Um, our friends played their like little duo. Their music is just beautiful. Um, honestly, Chump's family and sister and my family, everyone got through the day just so amazingly. I definitely think everyone was still in a shitload of shock. Yeah, and my mum like was like you, Chloe, just an absolute machine through the whole thing. And I think everyone just kind of put put. I think everyone was in so much shock and put their emotions and everything aside until later and we could proper, properly start to feel the weight of what's just happened. Um, though my dad was up and he he was up for about a week staying with my brother and I'd seen him a few times in the week and he was just acting super funny and, of course, we all were. So I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's grieving chump. Um, he's confused as well. He's probably in heaps of shock. Um However, we found out, so a month after Chump's accident, we found out, thank goodness my dad's beautiful girlfriend had got dad to go and get some scans done because he was having, he was just walking funny and acting weird. And, I mean, we kept thinking he's he's grieving, like, you know, he's lost Chumpy, you know, he's not quite right. Um, but Sue, thank goodness, took him to, like, specialists to get MRIs done and stuff, and it turns out he'd had... He has stage four glioblastoma, which is like a, like it's like the most aggressive form of cancer and it grows on your brain and it's just terminal and he's at like the end stage of it. So, um, yeah, I guess they literally said to us, your dad, you know, may not make it till Christmas or he might have six months to live at best or no, six to 12 months to live at best, like if he's lucky. Um, so... Me and my brother received that news like a month after Chump and that just, like, again, still not feeling, still barely feeling anything about Chump, just so confused. And then that, it was just like the most surreal 
just yeah no absolutely no words I just remember going like what I really am dreaming I really am living in like this just this is all just a sick joke like life is not real I cannot wait to wake up from this um my dad's an absolute trooper though he he's fucking amazing he he's attitude most people, if they knew that they were going to die, would not be so positive. I honestly think it's his attitude that's gotten him through. It's been a year now since his diagnosis, pretty much exactly, and I don't think he's, he's still kicking. I don't think he's dying anytime soon. I think he's no, got a little. He's a fucking trooper. Yeah, he's amazing. Well, um, he's at least staying around for the baby. That's what yeah, he's. he's so that's, cute. He's definitely going to hold that little bubba. <laughs> Well, at the start, it was funny. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to die, Dad. Like, stop it. Like, this is not true. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. I'll be up there with Chump soon. It's it's fine. It's fine. And I'd just be like, what do you mean? You're both up there? Like, no. I don't – I was just not – nothing was computing. And then, of course, we're, we've embarked on the baby journey, which is kind of saving everyone. And my dad just keeps being like, you know, I'm, I'm here until October. Like, no, he's not like I'm here until October, but he's like, I can't wait to meet the bub. Like, it's like a doll. <laughs> And so I just think he's going to be here to meet the bub and then he'll hopefully be here for the first, second, third, who knows. Yeah. Um, I mean, you always hear of these cancer diagnoses um, kind of completely rattling a family and you just kind of stick together and put your positive attitude on and, I don't know, lots of people seem to still live a number of years, outlive their diagnosis, so I really hope that happens for dad and it's really hard him being all the way down in Sydney and, and me not being able to get down there. Um, but, yeah, I guess 2020, like, as a whole, the fuck with that year, honestly. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a fucking I, horrific year. Apart from the wedding. Apart from the, the wedding. That was the only good thing that happened last January year. January and February was stunning absolutely amazing and then the world just kind from of literally ended. from the first of march it just went downhill literally the world just pretty much ended last year for us i do i do know that good things are coming this year though mm-hmm. I have got a so, little puppy. yeah i have i have so much to live for still and i just as i say all the time this is my goal now just to make him proud and I will I will I can do this and I can get through anything and absolutely yeah I can't wait to get home and give you like the biggest cuddle and like now with all these rules and you're never coming home oh well yeah I mean I obviously was the plan was to be at the birth um but now that the Australian government has decided to do these crazy rules, um, I don't pretty even. much most most airlines have not flying into Australia anymore, and the ones that are the flight the the, the seats are like fifteen thousand dollars for one way seat. <clears throat> so, and obviously, I'm meant to be coming home for the bub, and then I'm also meant to be coming home to start continue with my IVF, um, but. The only the other reason is like Paul has a tour in November in Australia, which like I don't even know at this point if that's even going to happen. So I don't know. We're sort of just waiting on the fence to see if we get a call for that and we come home or we stay here. But it's killing me not seeing this little baby growing. <clears throat> it's the weirdest time in the world ever. I think I think though, 
with the hospitals and COVID right now, I'm pretty sure I'll only be allowed to have one person or something at yeah. birth. Which would be your mum. So if you were to fly all the way back, imagine if I couldn't actually have you. Oh, no, it's not even about that. It's about being able to be there for its, like, first few days. Like I'll be – I'm going to miss – I'm going to miss the bub when it's, like, a newborn and that's when they smell the best. Oh, they smell so good, don't they? A little chumpy bub. But But I'm going to do my best still. That's more important, doll. I'm still going to do my best and we'll see what happens, but far out. But, How yeah. are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm okay. Can't believe we just we got through that. I just feel like the story is just always such a mishmash. Like I don't even know. <laughs> just... No, it was perfect. It was exactly <laughs> like you couldn't, yeah, no. Just like, Definitely wasn't mismat, mixmat, miss Mishmashed. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just like such a, um, such a, energetic alive human that you just never expect will just be gone in a split second like i just mm. it still just fucking blows my mind honestly don't i don't think i'll ever be able to accept that how no. someone can just be so here like so fucking here and so alive and giving so much like he like mm. yeah and then all of a sudden just next second gone like that like you know what? it's wild I know. But, yeah, so everyone cuddle your loved ones. Tell them that you love them. Don't worry about stupid shit anymore. Life is – there's crazy things that can happen. So just don't take it for granted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No. And we have – a very exciting episode <laughs> next week. We go we go from high to low to high, don't we? But it's good, you know. You don't have the highs without the lows, do you? So next week we're going to be interviewing Fisher. This is his first episode. He's, I mean, this is his first podcast that he's ever going to do, ever done and probably ever will do knowing him. <laughs> he says no to everyone. He's literally been... Um- giving us every excuse because he he did say originally that he promised us he'd be our first guest and Mm. like finish up this season and so like every week we're like we're getting closer to your episode we're getting closer and now he's starting to like Mm. give us every excuse under the sun as to why he doesn't want it he can't do it next week um he's he said he just wants to wait until we're all in the studio together and then like all this and i'm just like babe he's gonna say (laughs) <laughs> he's going to stitch us up. I'm actually a little bit nervous because I'm like, what is going to come out of his mouth? I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be the funniest episode. I cannot wait. But People are yeah, going to love it. Can you believe that next episode is our last episode of this season? 12 episodes. Wow. And then next season, guys, after a short break, we have – heaps coming we've we've got some really cool interviews lined up which should just be super interesting with some really pivotal people that we're going to talk to in relation to like IVF grief health women's health so we're not going anywhere we're definitely we're definitely getting hyped up for season two Um, up your ear holes for season two (laughs) 